Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy theme podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm your host, Sarah, and with me, as always, is the guy whose Spotify wrap-up probably had a bunch of 90s hits, if not only 90s hits in them. It's Therapy Jeff. Hi, Therapy Jeff. Hi, Sarah. Well, let's start with your Spotify wrapped. <laughs> you, what? That's not how this goes. We're supposed to talk about you first. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, could you guess what my number one genre is? Genre? Oh, yeah. God. I, um, I'm i going to guess. I feel like this is like one of the things I don't know about you. I know. The music that you listen to. Um, is it... <laughs> I don't think that you listen to pop music, do you? No, no. not really. And I don't do. You, I don't think you listen to like rock and I roll. I do not. No. So what's is it? And I don't think you're like a country girly. Absolutely not. Is it like folk music? Is it R and B? Is it hip hop? <laughs> it's hip hop. It's hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. For those of you who are watching that. the video version, <laughs> I just gave him a booty shake. <laughs> yeah, rap is my number one. Rap and hip hop, and um, then I believe like indie soul. I think is what a lot of like soul kind of stuff comes up in there. Huh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my Eli's always like she just likes trap music. That's it. <laughs> and he's not wrong. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I don't. I, I don't use Spotify. I use Apple Music, but Apple Music what? does their own version okay. of like Spotify of rap. It, it's never. It's not as good, but it does no, give me not. all all the data. And you okay. are exactly right. It happened like this year. I barely had any favorite albums, which means that like I listen to my music on random shuffle, and so oh, it just nice. sort of like goes through all whatever ten thousand songs I have, and I either listen or I skip them. Uh, and it turns out that yeah, my number one my number one artist for 2023 is fucking Weezer, which oh, is just I like love Weezer though. That's so good. They have a huge catalog. I, I can't. I can never stop listening to their Blue album. And whenever I'm like not totally plugged into what's going on in music, I default onto Weezer and so Oasis and Third Eye Blind, just like whatever I listened to in high school. So yeah, that yeah. I saw Weezer live once and it was it was a show where i had came, i had come to see somebody else and they happened to be it was like i don't know like a bunch of different bands performing yeah. but not for mm-hmm. that long they i forgot how much i love weezer every single song was a banger every mm-hmm. i i was looking around like why is nobody else get d- d- what <laughs> are you kidding me this is the fucking greatest and then i yeah. remember that night being like the next time Weezer is on tour, I 100% am doing everything in my power to go because this is so much fun and I need hours more of this experience. They are so fucking good live. They're so fucking good. I've seen them like, yeah, five <laughs> times or so. They're, I'm they're so amazing. jealous. There was uh, – in 2022, Weezer ambitiously put out like a seven-song EP every season. So for Whoa. winter, spring, summer, and fall – uh, they put out an EP, and at the end, I was like, "Oh my god, I am being flooded with Weezer. I love this. This is my love language." And then afterwards, they were talking to Rivers, the lead singer, and they're like, uh, "How was that for you?" And he's like, "Actually, those uh, EPs performed very poorly. Uh, it seems that like putting out that much music is just too much. We're like flooding everybody's ears. So wow. we're gonna wait a couple years, two to three years, before we put anything else out again." I was like, "Oh, but that's nice that they have stuff." They, I, Rivers just never stops writing music. He's That's written so, cool. so many songs. And I love that yeah, you and him are on a first name basis. Yeah, yeah, we are definitely. <laughs> I love Rivers. Um, oh. Anyways, what are we? What are we talking about today? Oh man, I am excited about our theme and our uh, uh, topic. We are doing a little bit of a year in review, plus some listener questions and kind of our predictions and just like a open table discussion about the so you call it open table round table i don't know now i'm like open is table? that just yeah i think open, is that, open table that's is just like the food delivery app right or... that's not it round table discussion <laughs> i as soon as i said it i was like this feels wrong mm, um we'll round table, table discussion mm-hmm. about the like predictions for the mental health field and what's to come in the the mm. next year 
and beyond. I love that. Yeah. 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 Um, There's been, especially since the pandemic, there's been some like really interesting (laughs) things that have happened in the mental health industry. And it makes sense. Like the pandemic was a mental health crisis for all of us, like together collectively and then individually what it did to our psyches made us all spin off into like really different directions. How was like the pandemic and lockdown for you? I mean, not good, Jeff. I think it was like, like it, the good thing is, is I'm a, a true and true introvert where I really enjoy my alone time. I loved the fact that I didn't have to make plans or cancel them like that. I really enjoyed, but the inability to interact or connect with people in the same way, I definitely suffered from that, like with that. And, and I graduated in November because I was on like a weird, like half year kind of thing. I, when I left school and when I was, when I started in private practice, it was November of 20, 2019 or 2020, oh, 2019. what 2020, whatever was the year before we went into lockdown. I started in private practice three months before we went into lockdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first word. clients were, Hey, I'm in a pandemic. What do we do? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. They, I don't remember this in any of the books <laughs> that I just learned in school. So that was weird. That was weird to not get that much time with people in real life. But I will say that it made me a very good telehealth therapist because I had to do that. And I, it wasn't like I had the joy of practicing like it in like face to face for years. I mean, of course, I did hundreds and thousands of hours face to face in my clinic, uh, clinical work. But uh, uh, you know, it's it wasn't. I didn't feel like I was. I had to switch a lot of clients that I saw face to face to online. So it felt like anybody that I got, this is kind of how we already do things, and mm-hmm. we, let's just get. It set a baseline, like what is a new normal mm, rather mm-hmm. than, or it just set the normal rather than having to adjust to a new normal for me as a therapist. So that, mm-hmm. that there were some positives and negatives to that. Well, before we dive deeper, let's take a quick time out to talk about one of the cutest sponsors I think we've ever had. I'm talking about the company Songfinch. Like you guys, I'm sure, have that person in your life that you just love so much that you care about, but also maybe is difficult to shop for, or the kind of person that is like so wonderful and amazing that there isn't even a gift that you could think of getting that would uh, properly express your gratitude. Songfinch has the answer. These are custom, and I mean custom in every single way, made for you, actually made for the person that you love, song written by an amazing performing artist. It's adorable. I mean, I guess you could get a song performed for you. You could. <laughs> you I, as yeah. soon as I said it, I was like, wait a sec. <laughs> I mean, just Have I made a mistake it. in getting this for my best it. friend? <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, Sarah and I are, you know, encourage everyone to be very direct with how they're feeling. But if you have like issues or problems with being, you know, saying like, I love you or saying I'm sorry or saying I miss you, this yeah. is actually a really creative way to do it and can like open up a like really good, important conversation. And like Sarah was saying, these are real artists doing real work and they're really good and really creative. Like Uh, phenomenal. And you get to pick everything. You pick the the genre, like the style. Like I'm doing it for my best friend, Susie, and I picked something that was like lighthearted and playful, but I also wanted it to have kind of a folky sound. So they give you different artists that you can sample and hear from. And then you pick one that I I'm so excited. I'm so excited. They, they, and then they have uh, ways that you can listen to it. So I believe right now you can even upload it to Spotify 
and you can listen to the yeah. song whenever you want. That's true. Yes. So for a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their songs on Spotify for free. So you can listen to your new favorite song anywhere you go. Go to songfinch.com slash TCE. Start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free. That's actually a $50 value. This offer is only available for our listeners at our special URL, songfinch.com slash TCE. That's songfinch.com slash TCE. And be sure to share your song with all of us. Oh, I love that. Okay, here we go. What about you? Uh, It was a transition going from in-person for the first, whatever, 15 plus years that I was a therapist. And then all of a sudden going online and doing Zoom therapy. I did not like it. It was burning me out. I felt exhausted at the end of the day. Like you, I was just like, I have no idea how to counsel people through a national pandemic and lockdown. Yeah, I'm like, what do you got? I know. Like, I'm going through it. You're going through it. All I can do is empathize, but I have, like, nothing else for you. Um, so it felt I felt, like, really helpless and powerless when I was counseling everybody. And I was, like counting down the days for when we would all go back into the office to see people in person. Uh, I thought that, that we were going to do that. And it right. turns out we didn't do that. Uh, I, I do see now some people in person, but only like 20 or 30% of my clients come in person right. because we're all trained to be online and it's more convenient and blah, blah, blah. And I am yeah. better at being an online therapist, but I very much miss those days where I saw every single client in person. Yeah. There was just more stuff that was picking up and I wasn't as exhausted yeah. and I don't know, yeah. what are we going to do? Whatever. It's, it's more like accessible now because... We can go online and we don't have to take out two hours of our day to drive there and drive back. So there's like so many benefits. But there is, for me at least, like a little bit of like a clinical loss um, when it comes to like getting all the info. Oh, 100%. And forget when when it's especially couples, children, anything (sighs) where there's like a a relationship dynamic that you need to see or Mm -hmm. just how they are existing in the world or even like the ways that I'm able to even do something like empathize or, or like show empathy and compassion to somebody mm-hmm. is different when I can't use like my body. And I don't mean like mm-hmm. I'm hugging everyone, but I mean, you position yourself in a way that, or even like being able to offer a hug after somebody says something really difficult or, you know, something like that. And of course, mm-hmm. a very professional appropriate way. Oh, yeah. My clients always laugh because they're like, yeah. okay, we get it. You need to ask for consent. Just give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Doing like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. A... Do we have to do this every time? Yes, you I do. Know. I know that sometimes you do like, you know, doing a booty shake in person is much different <laughs> than like shaking your booty on Zoom, right? It doesn't have the therapeutic that is effect. True. It doesn't yeah. have quite the same no, therapeutic effect. It oh, that's funny. Um, and for the record, if you do end up seeing, if somehow that makes it online, I could take it better <laughs> than that. I was just, you know, doing it for the kit, for like, you know. You did it's it a family as quick show. as you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's get a family it, I get show. Uh-huh, yeah, we believe you, Sarah. <laughs> then, you know, pandemic happens, lots of things move online. And I have to be a little careful about this next part because I got a cease and desist from one of the big therapy apps and I'm not allowed to say their name. So I'm not going to say their name. But because everything moved online and people were sort of trained to get therapy through their screens and devices, that's when like Silicon Valley was like, oh "Oh, shit, can we make money off of therapy? And that's when big therapy apps like really exploded and capitalism was like, we're going to make money off of the, and the, like the good thing about that was that you know, I'm not like a fan of their marketing, but it worked well enough to like really lower the stigma. So yeah. there was like a lowering of the stigma because of big therapy being like, therapy's great. Therapy's cool. You should do this. It's so easy. Also, we're all going through a mental health crisis. Also, people like me was like, oh, I'm going to start making therapy related content. So then all of a sudden yeah. there's like therapist content creators slash influencers that were also like making this, like lowering the stigma. And so it was yeah. this weird kind of perfect storm so that everybody was a little bit more open to therapy, which is yeah. a good positive I effect. I love that. And I think there's been a big push in different communities 
that where there was a big stigma in the black community about seeking help. And there still is, especially if like, I wouldn't trust any white therapist too, with sure. a lot of things, right. you know, I think getting somebody who really is aware of diversity issues and culturally mm -hmm. competent is so important, but I see a big push in young men in my favorite music genre talking about going to therapy. Like mm. the Migos go to group therapy. <laughs> RIP, one of them who passed away recently. But, mm. you know, that, they, like, there are, like, rappers and artists who are, like, talking about how, oh, yeah, well, my therapist says this and this and this. Or, like, we all go to group therapy together. Like, that's normalizing it in a way, like, especially for men, in a way that I have never seen before. And that makes me very optimistic and hopeful i mean that's tends to be my my the good the, the yes uh, optimism like toxic optimism is is like my <laughs> gift and my curse i guess but i do see a change that that there's a little bit of that pushback from what feel like i don't want to label people but i'm just gonna go ahead and say it that joe rogan group of guys who are like i don't need to go to there i don't need anything i just need to do more push-ups or whatever and they're like that's for pussies i i don't know maybe joe rogan talks about going to therapy i don't want to label him like that but whatever you know the you type can label him like that yeah. okay thank you i just okay. like mm, no. i don't want to get a cease and desist from him or something like that <laughs> so you know, there's like that type who, who's like, what? Women are saying they want a man who goes to therapy? Those guys are wusses. And like that, that, not, that feels like that, I hope. Maybe it's just what I'm exposed to. It feels like that group is getting smaller and smaller, digging their heels in a little bit more because like people around them are getting less tolerant of not being emotionally um, intelligent. I, yeah, I think it's getting smaller and smaller and at the same time getting louder and louder. Um, oh, that's a good so, point. <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel like we're hearing more of it because people are like being really reactive to it, but all in all, I think like the bar is being raised. If we're going to be gendered about it, which yeah. I don't mind being gendered about it. If like <laughs> the, the bar is being raised for men. Yes. Um, and that's why we're seeing like men talk about like on their dating profile that they're going to therapy. I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little hungry. And so I luckily uh, have Chomps, my old friend. And I say my old friend because this is a sponsor that's new for us, but is something that as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, wait, I have one of these right now in my ski bag. This is how I survive on the mountain because let's face it, a lot of snacks that are available are garbage, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. This feels like to me, and I mean this as a compliment uh, chomps. Uh, this is like a very upgraded, good version of Slim Jims. Remember yeah. Slim Jims? Like yeah. snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah. That made my stomach hurt and I was in pain right. for the rest of the day, but <laughs> it was very tasty. Now this is like actually a very tasty meat stick packed with like flavor and all the best real ingredients. So it doesn't make my tummy hurt. Highly recommend. Yes. Yeah. Keeps me going. It's like a very, uh, I also put him in my brother's stockings last year because I'm a big fan of the stocking <laughs> and they uh, happen to be perfect stocking shape. So mm -hmm. <laughs> check out chomps. I freaking yes. love it. They're like good sourced meat too. That is important. It's not garbage in there. It's, it's the good high stuff. quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So right now chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping. When you go to chomps.com slash TCE, go to chomps.com slash TCE to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That is chomps.com slash TCE. Don't forget to use our link so that they know that we sent you there. Thank you. So we've sort of like uh, gotten over this first hurdle of being like, maybe therapy is actually cool and attractive. Boosting emotional intelligence is good. Like the women are kind of like expecting their men to be more emotionally savvy and understand how their past or their trauma is affecting their personalities or relationship issues, like all good stuff. However, there's, there's also this like funny effect of it's not just that you mark that you go to therapy on your dating profile, but you have to actually do the work <laughs> in therapy. Like go it to is the therapy. funniest thing, right? Yeah. To see that. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, 
I there's a comedian that I follow, Steph Tolev. She's so funny. Who will often read her date, like will read mm. dating profiles or read messages she gets and things like that. And there was definitely one that was saying some of the most fucked up, like problematic stuff about like, this is what I need in a woman and da 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 da. Oh, and yes, d- don't worry. I go to therapy or whatever. It's like, I don't know what you are telling your therapist, but it ain't the <laughs> truth. If you're not, if you are even going and let me tell you, searching for a therapist, finding one and emailing us is not the same as going to therapy. You'd be surprised at how many times I hear from partners, oh yeah, they went to therapy. And I'm like, how many sessions? And they'll be like, well, one or the... Nope. That's hi, yeah. hello, how are you? Yeah. And, and like you're In saying, like, as therapists, we can only work with the material that you're bringing in. So if, if you're not giving us the full story or being honest, uh, then it's going to be more difficult for us to like create positive change or insights and do good analysis. So, and then sort of like the, something that happened this past year was, okay, fine. Like people are, more people are going to therapy. This is good. More men are going to therapy. That's awesome. But then there was also like therapy speak, the rise of therapy speak. It's like the Jonah Hills of like all the guys were like Jonah Hill made a fucking documentary. A, I a can't. A good documentary, right, about going to therapy, an interesting one. And then he was exposed by his ex-girlfriend that uh, he – it. it it looks like he uses therapy speak or therapy jargon, like the word boundaries, in these ways to manipulate his girlfriend, right? So that was like a real letdown <laughs> that like right. now people are just like saying therapy <sighs> words in order to like gain power and control and they're not actually doing the work. So there's that part of it too. This feels almost like, you know, and we were kind of young at this time, but it, in, I want to say it was like the early 80s, maybe 80s, there was this big exercise craze where everybody started, like this boom in like, it was like the jazzercise age yes. and that yeah. whole like boom of that. Of the, yeah. And it, it's like popular and trendy, you know, the everybody's mm. like wearing their little like uh, mm-hmm. workout shorts, the biker shorts and little like that. But it's easier to see sometimes the people who are walking the walk and talking the talk, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. or walking the walk versus talking the talk, I should say. Right, right. A little harder with the mental health stuff, you know, like as soon as I get yeah. out there on the track, I'm not fooling anybody that I'm not a marathon runner, but I can fool people for a little while that I uh, am healthy in a relationship. I mean, I'm Mm-hmm. I am healthy in a relationship now, <laughs> but I could I do better now. But like, I feel like it's easier to hide the, the, to, to pose as a mental health guru, a person, fan, yeah. believer, whatever, mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. in with other things, because it's really like only people who are really close to you are going to know the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to fake it. Mm-hmm. In that way. Yeah. And it's it's easy to fake it, especially like through the honeymoon period until yeah. you're like actually attached to the person. And then you find out what type of deep work or not deep work they've done. Um, yeah. So that's disappointing. All in all, it feels like it's trending in the right direction. Right. But so we're like that's finding. Disappointing. <laughs> that's just funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It um, is trending in the right direction. Yeah, so we're we're happy to see that. I'm interested to see what's going to happen because I don't think that I think, you know, the big therapy apps have had like an interesting past year or so where yeah. a lot of them were exposed for um selling your mental health information to third-party advertisers like Facebook and Pinterest. So there's now these like laws that were put in place so that they can't sell your private information for, you know, advertisers to sell you things based on your diagnoses or based on your depression. Or if you're suicidal, that just like feels creepy. That's like a step too far for most of us. Um, And I don't think that those big therapy apps, I'm pretty sure actually those big therapy apps 
are not making money. Like they're they're actually not profitable. I, I would agree. I think that that's got to be the truth. And I feel bad for the therapists that are on there. Yeah. The therapists are also not getting paid very much. I, that That's what I'm thinking. There's no way that they're yeah. getting a fair hourly wage. No. So like Silicon Valley actually has not figured out how to make money off of therapy. They thought that they had. The only way that they mm. could is if they sell your private info. They can't do uh-huh. that anymore. They can't charge any more to the client who's using it because then it's like not right. affordable anymore. It's barely right. affordable now. And they barely. can't like give therapists, they can't pay therapists more money, but like therapists are leaving in droves actually, because it's easier to start your own private practice. So that's actually not working out. And like insurance companies are being even more aggressive than ever. So there's like, I don't know if this is like getting in the weeds. You all might know. Get in there. I love this talk, but that's because I'm a therapist. So therapy apps aren't working. So it's transitioning. So what's happening is that like big group practices, national group practices are starting to be created. Like, do you know Alma? I know these, they are, are reaching out to me right and left and all the time. And Mm -hmm. it feels so like it, it I, I'm like very skeptical. You should because, be sus. Yeah, yeah I yeah. super sus because yes. I, anytime we're the, and they're like, we'll give you all the benefits. We'll give you all this. Da da da. I'm like, mm-hmm. I so don't think you can guarantee those things that you are promising. <laughs> They're sort of taking over. They're being like incredibly savvy. They are better I than the therapy apps. But the thing is, is that they are becoming so successful, all these like types of big, huge, like essentially group therapy, national group therapy uh, companies that the big insurance companies, Blue Cross, Cigna, Aetna, whatever, they are buying up these huge group practices. So now the insurance companies are figuring out how to like have (gasps) even more control over therapy. And that's, I I don't even take insurance because I, I, so it's making it it. harder for you, for the private practitioner that doesn't accept insurance to like, if that you're just like charging people out of pocket, they're going to push you out so that it makes it so that like the only way to get therapy is to have insurance. It's, I, I'm going to – I could, like, talk for hours about this. It's not trending in a good direction. No, it's, it's still, not. like, capitalism was – started the therapy apps. That's not really working. Capitalism, again, is now, like, the insurance companies are buying up all of these big, like, therapy conglomerates that are being created. That's also not going to work when it comes down to it. So, like, we're trying to make it so that it's more accessible, more affordable, right. and also so therapists get paid what they deserve. But – we're having a hard time actually doing that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next year. Yeah. It's really – and it feels like there's not a lot of good solutions. No. If insurance companies – so a, a good solution would be like uh, Medicare for all. So if yeah, we all right. got insurance and then yeah. the Medicare for all – paid therapists the right. same as as much as they paid dentists and right. doctors, right. Uh, then we'd right. be happy because we're getting right. paid yeah. and everybody is taken care of. But right. like the Medicare for all model may or may not ever actually be a thing. And so it's still all very sort of like either the CEOs want to get paid a bunch or the shareholders want to get paid a bunch. And it's not going to like the people or to the therapists. Okay, well, let's take a quick time out and talk about a sponsor that I probably shouldn't say is like my favorite one ever because, like, but <laughs> let's be real. Yeah. Uh, what does it say about me? I'm like, here's what I love. You like to have fun. I love to, thank you. I love to have fun <laughs> and I love a deal and I love naked wines. So, mm-hmm. so sue me, you know? <laughs> I'm only human. I want delicious wines, but I don't want to pay a whole bunch of money for it. And I certainly don't want to go. Sp- like paying some middleman who's like the, you know, they do that thing where like wine, cute little right. boutique wineries have to like hire some person to then like go like, I don't know, schlep their wine all over. No, Naked Wine cuts out the middleman and gives you amazing boutique, like fantastic wines delivered right to your door for practically nothing. 
I, I'm yeah. so happy. That's exactly how I want my wine delivered. Thank <laughs> you very much. It's kind of perfect when it comes to For some reason, I don't know if it's just me, but I can't stand going to the store and talking to somebody about wine. Like, it feels embarrassing. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, I don't because even know what they're always for. snooty and jerks. They're the snootiest. The snoot- and, Jeff, you are not alone. You do not yeah. have to deal with this with naked wines. No, you don't. Uh, it's just like this like private interaction I have with Naked Wines, and they understand what I'm looking for, and they serve it up to me perfectly. And like you said, it's actually incredibly affordable. Yeah. Uh, so Sarah and I think that you should head to nakedwines.com slash TCE and click Enter Voucher in the top right when you get to the website and enter TCE for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. That's nakedwines.com, right? Slash TCE and use the code uh, use the code and use it as the password and grab six bottles for just thirty nine ninety nine. One last time, I'm going to repeat it because I know you want me to. <laughs> That's nakedwines.com slash TCE. Code and password is TCE for $100 off your first six bottles. The other side of that that makes me kind of, I don't know, sad for lack of a better word, not to be a downer for this whole episode, but this is just kind of how things are going. Uh, the efforts that I see, we talk about this often on the Brain Candy podcast where we'll hear these stories about schools and they're always in places like Louisiana or Alabama or something where the mindfulness classes in elementary school have been taken out now because somebody's saying that they're teaching some, I don't mm-hmm. know, fucking woo-woo shit that w- mm-hmm. where all they're telling kids to do is like recognize breathe. a feeling and breathe <laughs> yeah. and like and you're not allowed to say that. So it, it, it is scary that we are taking away the opportunities from children to learn these things as basic skills in a setting where we can provide a good foundation to a lot of kids that will make it so we don't have to then teach them as soon as they get out of high school or into relationships or it, mm-hmm. you know into the real world uh, how to be people. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. char- you know, charge every the whole system for it. Right, exactly. Like we need to teach some basic mindfulness skills to kids. They're the ones who pick up on it the best. Anytime mm-hmm. I, like, they're so good. When I teach kids this, they're like, oh, yeah, I already know that if I think different, then I'll feel different. Well, okay, keep thinking that, little kid. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. all the time I'm surprised. And we don't do it enough. I really hope that is my... You know, I was going to kind of save this for the end, but like the, in talking about like um, our kind of hopes for the future and things that, that we want, one of the things that I really hope is that these kind of basic therapy techniques can be taught in a, in a classroom setting, like in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take, exactly. We kind of say it, but not in the right framework or context we say calm down take a deep breath but let's mm-hmm. tell them why and what that does and how they guess what this is a tool you could keep using for forever mm-hmm. so i yeah. hope that we we include more of that and somehow how the therapy field and early childhood education pairs up a little better mm-hmm. that'd be nice yeah. and part of the problem uh, this feels like a little bit of like victim blaming like i'm blaming the therapists but uh, I think therapists have a really hard time all getting together and getting on the same page and totally. fighting the good fight. Um, we're not exactly the fighting type. We're not the fighting type <laughs> at all. We we're all have the, go this, ahead. I'm fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's there's talk about a, it. A million different ways to do therapy uh, or to like understand mental health. Uh, we're all kind of like independent. We're pretty independent. We like do yeah. our own thing. Um, but you know, like doctors and dentists, dentists, like I mentioned before, they're all on the same fucking page, and they, they have are. been on the same page, and they all group together in these sort of like union-like groups, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of negotiating power with insurance companies. Therapists don't do that. Insurance companies know this, and they're mm-hmm. always beating us to the punch. So it's tricky. I'm going to 
this is a th- Sarah's got a theory. I'm going to, uh, or theory. Hypo- mm-hmm. hypothesis, if you will, for those annoying science people who are like, technically that's not a theory. <laughs> okay, hypothesis. Uh, could this be because it is a female-dominated industry? Yes. Oh, 100%. That yeah, was, I was scared yeah. that that would be the answer. <laughs> Yeah, so, that is yeah, a, it's a it's a woman female dominated uh, and it's 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 like women's like labor is not valued as much as a surgeon who's do, you know, right who's cutting open your body or something so or a dentist. So that is who's, like the answer. More men in the field will help us get paid more. More men in the field, or and like making it so that we value this type of work because because I, we don't see the latter is taking a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Oh, valuing women? You want, like this? We'll start there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, only there's, a few yeah, more hundreds a lot of, of things. centuries. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, like we've been saying, like they, in certain areas, it is trending in the right direction. I like to see, and I'm biased because I'm one of these like content creators, but I like to see lots of therapists and mental health professionals on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube yeah. doing their thing. It's kind of like giving people resources that maybe they didn't have access to before. Obviously, TikTok is in therapy. We all know this, but like it does have some therapeutic value. So we like to see that. And therapists are becoming like a little bit more entrepreneurial it seems like thinking outside the box or thinking outside their office to figure out like whether it's offering courses or workshops or premium content whatever um so that's like kind of exciting to see yeah you know i did i wanted to ask you about that as somebody who kind of like not kind of really is in that world and and saw Mm -hmm. its evolution and growth and and are such a big part of that how do you think social media has kind of changed the regular viewer, regular person's like expectations in therapy or their mm-hmm. experience with therapy? Mm-hmm. I think that social media to a certain degree has like had a positive impact in the way that it's sort of like educated people about therapy. So I think people are more... Um, aware of like the types of questions that they can ask their therapist, the type of like Ooh, that's therapy they yes. can seek, um, how they know that like there's lots of different types of therapists out there so they can hop around and interview them at first instead of just being like, I'm going to therapy. Therapy wasn't good. I'm never going back. Like there's so many different types, yeah. right? That yeah. is one of the biggest messages that I hope people get from listening to this show. Like if you take anything away, mm-hmm. I mean, you do not have to, it is different in a doctor and a, well, even a dentist, sometimes you want a second opinion and doctor, sure. but if you do not feel connected to your therapist, don't keep going to that therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Find one you vibe with. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I like Sarah. She kind of sounds like she has the same kind of attitude that I would about think, yeah, I'm going to go to her. That mm-hmm. will work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This per- well, I remember once I went to a, a, a therapist who asked me what my relationship with Jesus was. And I was like, <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. I, there's nothing wrong with having a strong relationship with Go for it. that guy. I, that, you do you. But for a, a therapist to ask a client that in that specific way then told me that she and she had like religious iconography up in her room told me that she was a therapist that was religious then i catered my answers to fit her needs mm-hmm. which is not what you're supposed to be doing in therapy i just mm-hmm. like gave her money for her to feel better at the end of the session mm-hmm. <laughs> what a waste what a so waste. don't do that don't do yeah. you have to feel like you know and that like i always feel like all like Oh, my clients, we're like, yeah, very similar. Mm -hmm. Kind of get it. Same way. Well, let's take a quick time out. The holidays are here, and that means it's the perfect time to talk about today's sponsor. I'm talking about OneSkin. Whether you're traveling or hosting this year, OneSkin is your best defense against the havoc that holiday stress can wreck on your skin. OneSkin is amazing. They use this, like, scientifically proven peptide and a whole bunch of other sciencey stuff to actually like stop the progression of those aging cells and stops the accumulation of aging cells. I'm doing everything I can to fight the aging over here. And I want something that's actually backed by science, right? 
Yes, 1,000%. And that's the thing is that like a lot or most of the stuff out there in the market just treats like the symptoms rather than the root causes. And that's why we like one skin because they actually treat the root causes. It's clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Like wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users when they did their fancy studies. Uh, So we love to see it. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. OneSkin addresses skin health at the molecular level, targeting the root causes of aging so skin feels and appears younger. It's time to get started with your new face, eye, and body routine at a discounted rate today. New customers get 15% off with the code TCE at OneSkin.co. That's 15% off OneSkin.co with code TCE. The new year is approaching. Now is the best time to invest in your skin age healthy with one skin yes again maybe this is a little self-serving but i would like to think because of like more therapy content on the internet that like people are more aware of their own internal experience like maybe they have a better idea if they're feeling depressed or anxious and there was you sent me a forbes article about you know for, so like some stats for mental health and the yeah. and it says that like depressive symptoms grew from about 193 million people worldwide to 246 million, which is about a 28% increase. Anxiety disorders grew from about 298 million people affected to 374 million, which is a 25% increase. And I'm always interested as like, are we getting more depressed or anxious or are we identifying depression and anxiety more? Um, do you, what do you think about that? Definitely identifying it more. I, I see the same thing in... Um, uh, uh, and I guess you could go argue maybe the rates are going up and we're, uh, but in with autism and spectrum disorders where mm. there are so many people who I know as adults now who are like, oh, my dad is 100% on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. How do you think we afford this house? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the, this guy is obsessed with Whatever it is, and he built it, and this is all he wants to talk about, and this is a hundred percent. Nobody ever told him that. Nobody ever diagnosed, and it's like these things have been around. We're 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 accepting it more. We're we're labeling it more. We're recognizing the signs and symptoms earlier. I think what we need to the the next step with this is to then be like. Okay. So, so what? Like a little bit less of like, uh, uh, we've said this so many times, you, you can't mental health your way out of accountability. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there is maybe this, the, the fear that that may happen, that we are going to be diet. We look at how these rates have gone up or we're just identifying them and recognizing it more. And now we are saying everybody has this. And so now everybody gets to say, well, I have this and therefore I can't be a regular functioning person. And to that, I say, uh, no, (laughs) incorrect. Yeah. Or I can't, I can treat you however I want. Um, right. And they sort of like hide behind that diagnosis or disorder or whatever it is. And yeah, that's, yeah, the whole mental health out of yeah. accountability. There's, um, the, 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 the tricky part too, is that like, okay, so rates of mental health issues are going up. The article goes on to say that 18 to 25 year olds in the U S have the highest rate of experiencing mental health conditions, 30% increase followed by those ages 26 to 49. There's a 25% increase, even people of ages 50 and over, there's a 14% increase in mental health. So, um, there's also the, this, like what's happening globally or, you know, like oh. life is hard right. <laughs> and, uh, there's lots of things that are, that are going to trigger you, whether it's like your social media apps, which are probably causing you anxiety or body image issues or depression or whatever, or it's the news or it's like the tragedies and traumas that, that are going around, or it's like the politics and you feeling worried and nervous about who's being elected, uh, and it, it, about like lots of shifts that are maybe hopefully going to be good in the end, but are like incredibly stressful times that we're going through. So there's also.
also only so much a therapist can do in the office talking to somebody who's like in a system that's causing a bunch of these mental health issues, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Recognizing that these these outside factors are Mm -hmm. always going to be there. There is only so much you can do. And it feels kind of like you know, even with all the, with the numbers and the stats and information, it is kind of like when you read those self-help books and the whole book will be, this has kind of been my pushback on the attachment book or that book attached, oh. where they'll just like tell you everything. Oh, this is exactly what's wrong. All right. Good luck out there. And right. that's the part that I feel like we, what I hope we're entering into is the age of, okay, now what? That mm-hmm. great. We've diagnosed Everybody, we know what these symptoms look like. We know what this is. Now, what are we going to do with it? How are we? You, you have the vocabulary. You have the language. You see the, you've seen the TikToks. You know what questions to ask. You know how your partner's attached. Now, how do we put this into action? What does this look like in our day-to-day lives? Which, you know, is a lot of why I love answering our listener questions on here and why it's so much fun to be able to interact with the listeners in the way that we mm-hmm. do because you guys that's like what we're trying to do on here. Here's yeah. what here's what's going on. He, let's give you some real life mm-hmm. like yeah. solutions for you to do in the moment right here right now. Yeah. There can be like more mental health treatment and solutions and therapies and advice and also maybe like there needs to be huge shifts in whatever Medicare for all or universal yeah. basic income or a four day work week or yeah. something or free childcare or free college. There's like all these big systemic things that probably need to change in order to make our mental health better. So there's like individual things, self care that you need to do. And then there's like community care and then there's like vote for the right person. I don't know. It, right. It's, <laughs> but I, I do like you're saying, I hope that it's also going to trend in this direction of like, now what are the solutions? and how do we implement them the big ones and the small ones and everything in between yeah Yeah. well that feels like a perfect time to dive into some of the questions from our listeners we have a few uh for this episode that are i say questions we get frequently they're kind of yeah these are sort of classics that we see over and over yeah Mm -hmm. these are great questions okay so jeff what's our first question let's dive right in the first question to piggyback off of your, uh, you know, you mentioned the attached book. So uh, yes. attachment styles have almost replaced like astrology and star signs. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> you know what? And thank goodness for that. that yeah, that's... yeah, which is fine. I'm good with that. <laughs> um, and so the like most common question we end up seeing is: Can somebody who has an anxious attachment style? make it work with somebody who has an avoidant attachment style. In the book that you referenced, the attached book, they don't give enough like answers of like how you can make this actually into a healing relationship. It's more of like, watch out. It's going to be fucking crazy. Um, But there are ways to do this. And I think that one of the ways is to first, if you can, (laughs) you should probably do this no matter what, whatever your attachment styles are. But understand in the relationship with your partner where the anxious attachment or the avoidant attachment style comes from. Is it because of your childhood? Is it because of trauma? Is it because of how your parents loved you? Uh, If you can understand where it comes from, you're most likely going to be a lot more compassionate. You're going to see that it's not your fault. You're going to see that it's coming from like a long history of romantic relationships maybe where they've like experienced the same difficult things over and over again. Uh, So if you can predict how your partner is going to react, whether it's in an anxious or in an avoidant way, and then be really compassionate about where it's coming from, that's a really good start. Yeah. It helps reduce personalization. If you can recognize, oh, this is rooted in this and this and this thing and has nothing to do with me, then that stops it, it, like the, the reactive kind of mm-hmm. back and forth tennis match from happening. That, mm-hmm. uh, yes. I also think it's so important to, to – recognize or have a good understanding of what the triggers are. What are the things, the subjects, the, the 
Well, like the triggers that for mm-hmm. each of those people. And when you can, you can almost, well, I'll say that I have seen this happen in my own relationship, that the better uh, I've gotten it at identifying and recognizing my own triggers and then communicating them with my partner to my partner and, and having, and then him raising his awareness and recognizing those in the moment, we've been able to create a language for when these triggers are present that is now been used so much that we can find humor and some like levity and, and, uh, uh lightness that breaks the tension. So, Oh, what was the phrase that was the other day? And I couldn't, we, it's now, it then is becoming, it turns into then like a funny thing. Oh, you're doing that thing that used to be like the mean thing we would say. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, you know, you're maximizing. And now we could be like, oh, this is one yeah. of those times. And it just, it's like putting enough attention on this thing that isn't personal and is rooted in something else enough to take some of the power away from it. You know what I mean? Like, I do. There's actually, what's his name? Stan Tacton. Do you know who he is? I he, don't know who that is. He has written some books I'm blinking on. He's great. He talks about attachment styles. He has his own version of attachment styles, but they're the same three attachment styles basically. But he But he talks about how one of the... Like one of the, an incredible skill that couples, like successful, happy couples have is that when they get into an argument and then the next day or the next week, they take a thing from that argument and make a joke about it. That is what we do. Yeah. That's actually very healing very like connecting uh you like you're saying you're taking the power away from it it's not loaded anymore you're kind of yes. making fun of each other you're teasing each other hopefully in a playful way and you're you're laughing at like the yeah. struggle sometimes with level not like in a condescending way right. um but if you can do that that is such a good fucking sign yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. there was some phrase, and Eli was like, "I've been wait, I've been dying to say, like, waiting for the perfect moment to say it." That, oh, and I can't remember what it was. But if he would have said it twenty four hours before, murder. Uh-huh. But yeah, <laughs> twenty four hours later, just at the right time, I was like, "Okay, that's fucking funny, hilarious," yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. now we can what, make a what, joke. Yeah. I wish I, I I I'm gonna try to remember what it was, but it was. He was like, I, I was waiting for hours to, to, to make that. There's, oh, it's I'll, funny. It'll come there's, yeah, it'll come back. There was, I was in this one relationship where we got into one of my favorite fights ever, where um, we got into a fight about who was more spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, it was a real fight. <laughs> <laughs> like who's more spiritual shit. and i was like i'm more spiritual because i know i believe in past lives and reincarnation <laughs> i do meditate and she's like i'm more spiritual because like i go into nature and i'm camping i go and i like i'm one with the trees around me i was like that's fucking bullshit um so then maybe like the next day and for the rest of the relationship, whenever we would do something that we thought was like really spiritual, we'd be like, I'm so fucking spiritual right now. And it was like the bet, like we cracked each other up with like telling each other how spiritual our days were. Yes. Um, and so it's, it's, it was us making fun of each other and it was very cute and sweet. Yeah. And it's a hard thing to pull off though, but highly recommend trying to do it. Yeah. And the, you have to like take yourself out of the ego out of it. Right. I, there is something like, you know, to go back to this question, can an anxious and an avoidant attached couple really work? There has to be a desire, like the, the, the desire to make it work has to be stronger than that ego and that, mm-hmm. that whatever is, is causing you to be reactive in those moments, which is really, really hard to, cause it feel, you have to feel so safe with that other person mm-hmm. because that reaction is coming from a place of, of protection and, and like self-soothing and coping and mm-hmm. survival. Mm-hmm. So it, it 
absolutely can work, but both people in the relationship have to be committed to making it work and have to be able to check that ego and put aside their stuff and also say, yeah, you're right. That's to- it's totally, I'm this, the amount of times both Eli and I have to be like, yeah, that was a dickhead move. That was, I should mm-hmm. not have said that. That was, that was not nice of me to do. And I'm shocked when he does, he'll just be like, yeah, that was definitely not nice of me to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, oh, oh shit. Mm-hmm. And it, it totally, uh, uh, disarms me and makes it so we don't go into that back and forth freaking tennis match of, of mm-hmm. attachment issues and shit. So yeah. check the ego. Check the ego. Okay, well, let's take a quick time out to talk about one of my favorite sponsors, especially during this crazy time of year. Hosting this holiday usually is more of a hassle than a joy. I don't know, because you got to like do all that planning and everything. And so I use HelloFresh because it takes all of the hassle and thinking and worry out of meal prepping for me. It is always a crowd pleaser. We always love the meals. They have over 45 recipes and more than a hundred seasonal add-on items that you can choose from every single week. So it's easier than ever to find something that everybody will enjoy. And Green Chef and Every Plate is now owned by HelloFresh and they have this wide array of meal plans to choose from. There's something for everyone. And I love switching between the brands. And now you listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with me. So go to HelloFresh.com slash TCE free and use code TCE free for free breakfast for life. That's right. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash tce free with code tce free and make meal planning super easy this holiday season all right back to the show another question that we get which i don't know the fucking answer to but (laughs) we'll see (laughs) is uh um they're all similar, and this one is, is kind of representative of, of a lot of them. They, somebody asks, why did I suddenly start feeling apathetic or uninterested towards my partner or towards the person that I'm casually dating, and how can I fix this? A lot of people like call this the ick. Like, all of a sudden, I got the ick, and I'm not interested in my person anymore. Why is this happening? And a million reasons why this might be happening. I have no idea why this might be happening, except for, like, I want you to be curious about it and not just be reactive and ending every single fucking relationship every time you get the ick. You know what I mean? What are you thinking, Sarah? (laughs) I'm thinking that 30-year-old me, 35, damn, Mm -hmm. almost 40-year-old me, I'm, like, adding up how many years. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was I was rounding down. I'm almost 38 soon. I'm like I was almost 40. Okay, Thir- four, almost 40 year old Sarah and 20 year old Sarah would get the ick over different things, and mm-hmm. the ick as almost 40 would be more like a red flag or something that it 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 would be not like the ick in how. Um, What's his name? Jared Fred. He's very funny. But he went around the country and he asked women what their icks were. Mm. And then he did like a whole comedy, like a whole stand-up about it. Or he's like, I've heard the craziest thing. He's like, I heard a, a guy once hopped over a puddle. And a woman was like, <laughs> I'm done. And it was like, imagine that. This guy's thinking. And the worst is like what the guy is thinking. The guy's thinking, oh, I didn't get my shoes wet. And she's thinking, I'm never fucking him. And, you know, and how different it is. That is. So the things that I would, I see as quote unquote icks, like what that's what, if we really define what an ick is, it's the thing that the partner does that you're, you're, I don't know, significant other, this other person does. Not that makes you like not want to date them anymore, but this weird thing that makes you not want to sleep with them. That mm-hmm. another person would be like, I do not see the problem. I'm definitely fucking that guy. Like, mm-hmm. no, uh, sure, skip over as many puzzles as you want. You know, <laughs> so they, I feel like they, I, I wouldn't allow things like that. Or I'd like to think that I wouldn't allow things like, I'd see them as more, you know, like, they're like cute little things that now I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. before, you know, 20-year-old Jeff would have been like, you are really, like, 
um, into fucking NSYNC, like in an unironic way. Like you actually, I was like, I'm, I'm not. And, Okay, hold on. Cause was, are we in a fight? No, okay. no, I love NSYNC, but I was okay. trying to let like 20-year-old Jeff, Jeff could not admit it. Got it, totally. I I'm was like a pop punk alt rocker or whatever. And yes. so the boy bands were like, there's no way. You know, I, I had to pretend like I did not think that their songs were catchy. Oh, and it was an I, ultimate That's a very off. good example, actually, because now... Because yeah. now we love NSYNC. And adorable <laughs> if the woman you're with is yes, like... Ha- of course. ...wants to go to the NSYNC Reunion Whether tour. it's NSYNC or Backstreet Boys or Taylor Swift or whatever K-pop band right. you're into these days. Like, we love it all. And I'm not going to judge you for it. Right. Um, and also probably that was me back then, like, trying to not have real relationships that are mm-hmm. actually intimate and close and long-term. And you I know. think you just answered the question with what you just said right there. I think mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. – what exactly we said, that there, it has more to do – like what you were saying in the beginning, that you have to take a look at what is happening internally, what's happening with you. Is there mm-hmm. something where you are looking for a reason to not be in a committed relationship? Like, oh, can you believe he hops over puddles? Like, you are, you, come on. Right. Because, and I always love to play the game. What would 90 year old Sarah say? 90 year old Sarah would not be like, I love this man if only he didn't hop over a puddle like such a weirdo. No, mm-hmm. never in a million years would you say that. Right, right, yeah. You'd be like, I, I love that I get to tease him about how he hops over puddles for mm-hmm. the rest of my life or whatever. Do something like <laughs> it's, that. It's, it's a way that you can connect instead of yeah. disconnect. Yeah. yeah. So what are you looking for? Are you looking for ways to disconnect or are you looking for ways to connect? Because it's, it will change your perception and your view of the other person, mm-hmm. even with that simple change of mindset mm-hmm. i think yeah exactly uh let's do another question yeah i want to do that one that's about adding to the emotional burden of somebody uh that i've been wanting to break up with my partner for way too long but now he has some heavy stuff on his plate and i'm terrified to add to his emotional burden how do i free myself of this relationship so i can move on yeah this yeah. is this is one that I didn't want. I was like, Jeff, answer this. Cause like, <laughs> I, I am, there's like therapy, Sarah answer. And then there's the, Sarah, the person answer, because I would not be able to take my own advice as a therapist in this situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, ah! I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, I, I think we, you know, we encourage people to try to do their best to find the right time to end a relationship. Like you can be thoughtful about it and kind. You're not going to, you probably shouldn't break up with somebody the night before they're taking the LSATs or you probably shouldn't end it with someone when they're at their grandma's funeral, whatever. Like, right. Don't do that. But, uh, Life is messy and is hard and it's – I would imagine that you're with somebody that like if the shoe is on the other foot, you would want somebody to end a relationship with you if they didn't want to be in it. Absolutely. Uh, Even if that's going to be hard to hear. Um, It's – but I understand. Like I don't want to like create even more emotional burden. Uh, You're sort of like delaying the inevitable. Now it's all of a sudden like they don't have informed consent. Like they think that you're in this relationship and doing good or being happy. But you're like secretly trying to get out of it. And that's not the implicit agreement that you had together even if you didn't verbalize that in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. I, 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 I can be so f- wish-washy and flip-flop on this answer of like what I would do in that moment because I do feel like as soon as you say that, it, how would you want it for you? Mm-hmm. I would want somebody to just mm-hmm. tell, it, tell me straight, don't be in. And I've, I've said that in every relationship I've been in that I have always promised the other person – and maybe it's like I always think that they're promising the same things. But I always say that I will never say I love you and not mean it. Mm-hmm. If I don't feel that way anymore, I will stop saying that word or I will tell mm-hmm. you that I don't have those feelings anymore. And I 
want, I would want somebody to do the same. And then I think about the times that have been really tough. It's almost been more helpful for somebody to just rip off the bandaid and break up with me before. So I can just deal with all the shit at once, Mm -hmm. you know, like when it rains, it pours kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. And, and there's, is there ever a good time to break up? No, never. There's never like, oh, this is convenient. Like, I, I think if if anything, we'll start coming up with more reasons for. It sounds like of conflict avoidance, which is what I'm guilty of being. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's totally what understandable. Is. I get yeah. it because you know if things are really bad, well, you don't want to break up because things are really bad. If things are really good, well, things are really good. You don't want to be a, a downer. Like you don't want to break up when things are good. so. There's no. There's really no there's good no right time. Answer. Right. There's so, no good time. Like Jeff said, don't do it bef- the night before the LSATs or whatever. I My first boyfriend, I think I've told this on here before, broke up with me the day I got my wisdom teeth pulled on <laughs> AIM, a- a- AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. And wow. after my surgery, like I would log on. It's like, would I like break, about, break up? Oh, That's yeah, why you didn't offer thing. to pick me up from my... Surgery, yeah. drive me or be my <laughs> yeah emergency contact. Yeah, he was a loser. So, anyways, it's fine. <laughs> well, there you go. We're yeah, out don't of time do that. For today. Don't do that. Yeah. Um. Just break up when you break up. Yeah. Break up when you should. Try not. Try to like you know pick not the worst time in the world. Yeah. And just there's a way to be. I think what this what the the listener is is also telling us they are is a caring person and so there's a way to break up with somebody and still offer like support and love and compassion and not be a dick about it i guess you know right yeah so just because you're saying you're not the person for me does not mean you're saying fuck off i'm out you know there's like a nice way to do it so i hope that was a little bit helpful. Keep your questions coming. We are going to keep these amazing episodes of the podcast coming well into the new year. And uh, you can now check us out on Amazon Music. They featured us as the editor's choice for their podcasts. And mm-hmm. we think those editors are some smart smart cookies for featuring <laughs> us. Do. So thank you so much for doing that at uh, Amazon Music. And We think that you should also leave us some encouraging reviews wherever yes. you to your podcasts, right? We love, we love a to review. read your comments and all of your reviews. We really appreciate you supporting the show. And I know because I saw your Spotify wrap ups that we are your number one yeah, podcast. For many of you, we are your like n- top five, if not number one. And you guys were so nice in tagging us in those. And thank you so much. We absolutely love seeing it and love you listeners and love the questions you asked. So it makes us feel so good. So yeah, leave a five star review. I love you.